Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan. Today I will be looking into episode 1574 with Jacques Vallée and James Fox. The thing about this episode is that I've already discussed most of the alien sighting cases that they bring up in this episode in some of my previous episodes where I investigated George Knapp and Tom DeLonge and David Fravor. And I don't really want to go over them all again. So in this episode, I'm only going to talk about two supposed alien visits, Roswell and the aerial school sightings, both of which I have not talked about much before, and I'm going to be looking into some of the specifics of these cases. The rest of the supposed sightings they mention in this episode are either too flimsy to be worth investigating, or are behind some sort of invisible barrier. And what I mean by that is there's a running theme um, that you'll see with these alien people, and it's that there is evidence, but you can't access it. For instance, they, they'll say that there is proof and there's photos of all these things, but it's too secret, and the government has it so you can't see it, or it's lost, or they can't disclose it for whatever reason. So there's, there's really nothing, <laughs> there's really no point to me looking into that stuff. Because, of course, it's all, you know, too secret. It's all lost. But I think some of the specific things they say about Roswell and the aerial school sightings are worth looking into. So what they say about Roswell is that the government, at the time, actually directly told the public that they had found an alien spaceship. James Fox also says that Major Marcel, who was involved in the incident, has since come out and said that they found an alien ship. The government, in fact, never said they had a spaceship. This is just wrong. I don't even think this is part of the mainstream Roswell conspiracy. I think this is just something that these three guys happened to think for some strange reason. I mean, this is... Have they even seen the X-Files? The whole, the whole point is that the government is covering it all up and it's a big conspiracy. They never said they had aliens. Here is what a local newspaper, the Roswell Daily Record, had to say on July 8, 1947. Quote, The many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers in the sheriff's office of Chavez County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such time as he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Marcel to higher headquarters. There's no early report that says something like, breaking news, government announces they found aliens. What I just read is from the paper with the famous headline that says saucer on it. And I guess people see that and they think, well, the government admitted that they had aliens. But they actually didn't. 
In fact, Roswell didn't really become a thing until the 80s. It was not really a big conspiracy at the time. People weren't really interested in aliens back then. But then all this stuff got dug up later in like X-File days, and now here we are. Major Marcel, who really was there and is mentioned in the article, really did say 30 years later that it was, quote, material not from this earth, just like James Fox says. And he really was there. However, this guy isn't a great witness, since he is a known liar. For instance, he falsely claimed that he was a pilot in World War II and had received all kinds of medals and things for shooting down enemy planes. And then it turned out he made it all up. So it seems more likely to me that this guy is just an attention whore and not some whistleblower about aliens. He's basically that kid from your school who says that his dad works at Nintendo. The main thing I want to talk about in this episode, though, is not Roswell. It's the 1994 aerial school sightings, which, in my opinion, are much more interesting. All three of them, Rogan, Jacques, Fox, they seem pretty convinced that the kids at this school saw real Alamaus. Rogan, in particular, says that all of their stories are consistent and that what they say matches the classic gray-type alien. I talked about these supposed sightings a little bit in my episode on George Knapp, but I'm going to go more in-depth here because I think this is a case that's worth looking into, since it seems very convincing on its surface. It is easy for me to understand why someone would be convinced by this case in particular. However, If you watch the actual interviews with the kids, you will see that it is a lot less convincing than these three guys make it out to be. For starters, the kids are not actually all on the same page like Rogan says they are. For instance, one kid says he didn't see the ship at all, just the aliens, whereas most of the kids say they saw a ship and an alien, at least one of each. Some of the kids say they couldn't see the alien's face at all, and others say it had big, dark eyes, sort of like the classic gray alien. There's a girl who said she saw multiple ships, not just one. There's a girl who says it was accompanied by flute-like noise. And there's another kid who specifically says he didn't hear anything. There's a girl who describes the alien as being lightish in color, but other kids say it was jet black, almost shiny black. Another girl says she saw three aliens, actually a white one, a red one, and a black one, whereas most of the kids just say they saw the black one. So there are various accounts of what was there. There is no one account. This sort of leads into the other incorrect thing that Rogan and the others say, which is that the kids describe the classic gray Alamau to the adult researchers. And this is simply not true. There are some differences in their stories, but the most common description the kids give of the alien is of a black figure with long black hair. Anyone who has seen the interviews can tell you that this is what they say. Watching the interviews makes it clear that a couple of different factors created this whole situation. The kids clearly got caught up in some sort of game on the playground that was fueled 
by some sort of real thing that they saw in the trees in the distance. Then the adult UFO researchers come in and ask leading questions and basically blow this whole thing out of proportion. A decent amount of the kids they interview don't even claim to have seen an alien, something which Rogan and uh, company don't bring up, obviously. I will go through the interviews, which you can also just watch yourself on YouTube, to hopefully illustrate this. One kid is asked directly, quote, what do you think it was? And he simply responds, I don't know, really. And then he says, it was like a shadow. I just saw a shadow going. You can also see him laughing while other kids are being interviewed, which to me indicates that he knows this was all a game of some sort. The boy interviewed after that kid says this, At first I thought it was some boy from the compound playing around, but the hair, it looked more like our hair, it wasn't curly. That thing almost looked like a hippie. So this kid is white, so what he means is that whatever it was looked like it had white people hair. But apparently at first, he simply thought it was a black kid. This is something that will come up in other interviews as well, and in my opinion, is the most likely explanation for this whole thing. After that is an interview with a girl that is particularly interesting. Cynthia Hind, one of the UFO researchers, asks, what did you think it was? And the girl answers, well, everybody was saying that it was UFOs and everything, so I... And then Hind interrupts her to ask, other people said there were UFOs? And the girl answers, yeah, and people were coming around telling, and I was in the classroom, and I came out and I saw it. I did think they were UFOs. I did see them. And so Hind asks, were you perhaps influenced by what the other children had said? And the girl replies, sort of, but I definitely did see what I saw. Here I think we can see how the UFO story developed. Kids influenced other kids into thinking it was a UFO. No kid wants to be sort of left out and miss seeing something. And this, this girl was willing to admit that she was, quote, sort of influenced by what other kids is saying. So I think if you read between the lines here a little bit, you can see how this thing got started. The next girl they interview, I think, is a good example of how the kids started their stories and then how the adults lead them on. Hind asks, could you see his face? And the kid says, well, I only saw a glimpse of it. And you don't remember any individual features? Well, I only remember that his eyes were quite big. What did you think it was? I don't know. I just thought it was some kind of alien from a different planet. So you knew about UFOs? Yes. You watched on television? Yes. Do you think that influenced you? And here, after she asks this, the kid pauses and is sort of going, hmm, and then Hind interrupts her and asks, or you weren't thinking about it? And then the kid replies, I wasn't thinking about it. Hind is obviously trying her best to get the answers she wants from these kids, and she knows it will be less convincing if the kids admit that they had prior awareness of UFO stuff.
But the interview with the next girl is an even better example of them leading the kids on. She asks, what did you think it was? And the kid answers, well, I thought twice. I thought it was an alien, and then I thought maybe it was the gardener or someone. So you first thought it was an alien, then you thought it was the gardener? Yes. Oh, well, I would have loved to look at the gardener. And she says this in sort of a condescending way, and she laughs. And then all the other kids in the room laugh too. So all the other kids who are next in line to be interviewed see an adult making fun of this kid who has said that it was the gardener. She's making fun of her answer, and now everyone else is too. It clearly demonstrates that she went in with an agenda and isn't even considering the possibility that it was just some guy, this gardener. And it's also evidence of their very poor interviewing strategy. What's interesting is that another kid mentions the gardener as well. He said, quote, Well, these other kids were running. I asked them what it was, and they said it was a UFO, and I ran with them to the logs over there. Then I saw one person sitting on top of the ship guarding it, and another one running up and down like he was confused. And he was actually looking at us, but some people said there's another property over there, right at the back. It's Mrs. Nurse's property. Some people say that it was Mrs. Nurse's gardener. Some people say it was a house over there, but I don't believe that. So this kid did in fact think it was a mouse. However, we can see here that other kids at the time of the event, who were also there, were saying it was the gardener, just like that other girl. So the very day of the event, there are kids who saw whatever it was and didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. They thought the figure was just this gardener, and the ship was a distant house, maybe a reflection off a window or something. An example of one such kid would be Ariana, who was interviewed later, a girl who says this, Well, I saw the same as Guy, but, um, I saw this silvery, glittery thing. I saw this black, this, like, black, long, it looks like a stick, but it was very thin. And then the adult asks her, but it was a man, wasn't it? <laughs> and she just replies, I don't know what it was, but it was very thin. All I saw was like a long thing on like a silver thing. So despite the best efforts of the adult weirdos, not all of the kids could be coaxed into saying they saw an alien. He's clearly trying to get the answer he wants, but it was a man, wasn't it? Even, even though she clearly just told him that she didn't see anything. She just says it was a stick, sort of like how the other boy just said he thought it was a shadow. But the interview with a black girl named Anna is probably the one that best shows what really happened here. She says, quote, We were called out by Stefan, that's one of our friends, and he called us and he said he saw something. So we went. I didn't actually believe that he saw something, because he was saying it was an alien. And so I went out, and then when I was looking at it, I saw it was like a silver light, and like that kind of spaceship you showed me, just coming up, just for an instant. And then it just disappeared, just like that. And so I first thought it was my imagination, because everybody was talking about it. But then when I thought about it, really, I thought, no, it couldn't be. Notice how she says, like that kind of spaceship you showed me. 
These adults literally went up to these kids and showed them pictures of UFOs. Obviously, that would influence what they said. Despite how convincing this case may seem on the surface, this is the more likely explanation, in my opinion. A couple kids get spooked by some guy in the trees, someone says it's an alien, maybe even as a joke, and then some of the other kids start thinking it's an alien too because the other kids are saying it. It was probably just a black guy, not aliens. Maybe he was wearing protective goggles or something because he was the gardener, and that's why some of the kids say that he had big eyes. And maybe he was carrying something over his shoulder that looked like hair. Or maybe he had dreadlocks. Or maybe it was nothing at all. Some of the kids just said it was a shadow. It is a lot easier to spook kids than it is to spook adults. Relatively little has been written about this case, probably because nobody really cares about this sort of stuff. And if they're even aware of it, they just dismiss it offhand. But a French psychologist named Giles Fernandez, who wrote a book about Roswell, has also written a few things about this. He wrote this about the methodology of the researchers. Quote, Interviewing children has been the subject of numerous scientific papers and experiments, adaptations and creations of interview standard protocols in psychology or criminology to well avoid or minimize biases that occur when such interviews pollute the evidence. Cynthia Hines' interview methodology with children is very far from these standards. Cynthia Hind and an adult headmaster debrief and discuss other planets, space travel, etc., while children are in the room and hear everything. He also wrote, quote, The child must be interviewed individually. Now, in the video recorded excerpts above, it is striking to see that children are interviewed in a line from four to six. Sometimes other children are in the background and listen to another child being questioned. The adults talk to each other or debrief while the children are still very close and present. Also, children hear what others say, including adults, and therefore are likely to influence each other. Even worse, a child who has seen very little or nothing sees his classmates' details and that this is something that greatly interests adults. This could encourage them to participate in the game. Something they bring up in the episode of JRE is this idea that the aliens visited these kids to warn them about technology or about climate change. Fernandez wrote this about that idea. It is particularly interesting and telling to see how the protection and ecology of the planet appears in the testimonies of the children when Mac questioned, while this theme was not present in the narrative collected by Cynthia Hind. So he basically says that Mac, who was one of the researchers, most likely led the kids to say those sorts of things, which is pretty easy for me to believe when you watch the interviews. If these aliens are real, and their goal really is to warn us about technology and climate change, all I can say is that hopefully they don't use the same methods the Unabomber used to try and accomplish this same goal. As for the whole reunion that James Fox organized with some of these kids 20 years later, I really don't care. It's 20 years later, whereas these videos are from just two months after the incident. Also, memory simply isn't that reliable, so it's not convincing to me. Now, the last thing I'll say about the aerial school sightings is that before you email me saying I work for the government, <laughs> just watch the interviews for yourself. 
Then, if you're still convinced, you can email me. It's only fair. It's only fair that you watch the interviews first. This episode of Jerry has not flipped me from Scully to Mulder. However, I think Jacques Vallée is probably the most reasonable UFO person who has appeared on Jerry. He straight up says that there is no one case that's a smoking gun and that they don't have any physical evidence. What he says is that he's convinced because he personally saw a UFO when he was a kid, and the many sightings sort of taken all together are convincing to him. James Fox, on the other hand, is more like Jeremy Corbell, where he sort of just believes anything, or maybe he's just trying to hype up this documentary so he doesn't want to say anything even a little skeptical. You have to remember, people go on Jerry to sell stuff. He's selling this documentary. And, you know, any interview with a director or an actor, they don't say, well, this movie is going to be okay. It's, it could be good, maybe, like a 7 out of 10. <laughs> no, they go on and say, oh, it's going to be great, you know, groundbreaking, good graphics. Um, it's going to be great. You don't go on Jerry and say your documentary might have something legitimate. you got to say it's going to, you know, shatter your worldview and, like, totally blast everyone with new Alamao evidence. That's all I have to say on this episode and about Alamaus for now. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about Investigate Joe Rogan. And I will see you in the next episode.